This is Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe. Now, here's Patrick McEnroe. All right, we're getting set for the Australian Open just uh, a couple of days away now. They had to cancel play for a day because of a positive COVID test with uh, someone who was a, a, a hotel worker actually tested positive. So Andrea Yeager joins me now. Of course, she um, reached two major finals in singles. She won a mixed doubles title. This was all as she was a teenager. So I have to ask you this, Andrea. And by the way, we have a podcast podcast that we've done together that's going to be coming out post-Australian Open in my big season two. So you're going to be like the star of season two, Andrea, of holding court. But I want to ask you about the Australian Open, how you see it, and also just how you see how the game has evolved since you as a teenager got to two in the world to now sort of the level of play that you see on TV and women's tennis. And thank you for doing this, by the way. Oh, excited to be on. Absolutely. What's, what's happened in women's and men's tennis is, is extraordinary. I mean, when I played, there was, you know, I, I really feel like I was part of the pioneers of women's tennis, from Billie Jean King, Martina Navratilova, and Chris Everett, and Tracy Austin, they, they helped make women's tennis. They gave me the opportunity to get out there and be able to be a professional tennis player. But these, the other eras that have come through, you know, you had Groff and Sabatini and Sellis and Capriati, and then you go on with the Williams sisters. And I mean, there's a whole list of women's players that they've taken tennis to such an extraordinary level that you, you really watch in awe. I mean, how they play, their, their fitness, their their abilities, the, the shot making, their, you know, just their fortitude and be able to succeed in the sport. It's, it's definitely elevated. And that's what you hope to do. You hope to be part of a sport that every year and every era, it, it escalates and, and continues to rise, which it certainly has. Um, it's certainly a challenge now. I mean, I think last year we saw some, some really big players, but those players being able to break through because there's a different atmosphere, a different environment and training and, and what's going on with with COVID-19 and how things have changed. And and it's very interesting. I mean, I find it exciting to know that, that some players, you really see their mental fitness. Um, you always could tell on a tennis court how players were faring in their training. But this is a completely different mental aptitude that these players have to do, you know, going through the quarantine, going through maybe having less team members there, having no audience applause, mm-hmm. you know, the excitement that's generated has to be internal and you see the problem solving skills within the players personalities and you know why those certain players are just champions inside and out because they're able to elevate their game and elevate um, their situations to rise in in difficult situations and and that's what's going on now I mean temperaments um, you know maybe flaring on the inside because they're not used to their comfortable environment to succeed and professional athletes they, they always have a certain bubble of their environment. They're always, um, you know, the world kind of gravitates to them and supports them in everything they're doing. And, and this is different now. They have to take a step back and say, wait a minute, there's a bigger picture out mm-hmm. there. The world, ha- you know, is putting different, not constraints on me, but different requirements for my training. How am I going to produce? So I really find it fascinating to see who is going to come out because you can just tell 
the inner drive within someone. It has to be combined with an inner peace to be able to handle these situations. Interesting. Inner drive and inner peace. I like that. So when you when you were growing up and you dominated the juniors, then you went right into the pros and basically started dominating in your teenage years, 16, 17. Why is that so difficult now? I mean, we did see Capriati was able to do that, you know, years after you. Obviously, Celis, Venus, and Serena, they were teenagers. But now it's becoming more difficult to go that far. Obviously, you got Coco Goff and Sophia Kennan, who is a little bit older when she won the Australian last year. But why is it, in your opinion, so much more difficult for that teenage phenom now, even in women's tennis? Well, there's, there's two components that I would look at. And one is when you watch what they've been able to, um, like how their setting has been. Back then, there was no internet. There was no, you couldn't watch tennis on TV 24 hours a day like you can now. I mean, you watch, there's singing competitions. People watch them. And all of a sudden now, these are singers that we listen to later on in life because they've learned through the transition of social media and technology and things that have been broadcast. And mm-hmm. it's the same in sports. If you can watch sports at a very young age and play it at a level, and everybody can be a coach now with the internet and with all these things that are made available. Uh, I think what's happened and why tennis is, you know, why someone isn't going to come in like I did where, you know, they turn pro at 14 and they're two in the world at age 16. And it, you're just maybe going to get that every, um, gosh, maybe 10, 20, 30 years. But right now the level of tennis is so high. Mm-hmm. That when you watch it, you know, watching tennis on, on TV, it, it is amazing. But when you watch it live, and you know this personally, it's, it's, it's beyond words what goes on in, in the athleticism and the mm-hmm. ability of what these players are doing. I mean, someone will go, oh, they missed on shot 15. Well, their 14 shots before was something that most people never hit in their entire life. <laughs> Good and point. So right, right. It's, it's the level of tennis right now is so high. And what we're going to see coming, you know, with Australian Open, training has been different. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is, is where is the flexibility and, and watch the certain players. There's certain players that will just be complaining the whole time. Like Nadal, Nadal never gives an excuse for anything in life, ever. Mm-hmm. It's never anybody else's fault. And that's, I mean, you look at him as a, as a person who has extraordinary success. It's one of those reasons is his, he's been taught that, you know, be accountable to your, to your own doings. And, and that has really helped shape him as a person and a player. And that's something that, you know, if I was training kids in, in tennis or in life in general, you know, that's something to learn from. You know, watch his, you know, he, he, he always goes out there and whatever the situations are, he still is responsible. Whether the balls are different, the courts are different, the training's different. At the end of the day, he's accountable for his wins or losses. And, you know, that that will be different to some others. If some others come out and say, well, this training wasn't, you know, adequate for me. Mm-hmm. They've already given us almost a set to every opponent just by that mental edge of complaining. Right, having, ex- having like excuses me, ready. I, yeah. yeah, it's like, hey, be ready no matter the circumstances. And I think how a player has grown up and if they've had difficult circumstances in training where they mm-hmm. have, you know, they didn't have money, they didn't have means, mm-hmm. they just had somebody that – gave them an opportunity and they took advantage of that opportunity. Like Simona Halep, when she goes out there or Groff has gone out there, I don't think I've ever heard Groff um, criticize or complain about one thing ever. It's just, it's, and it's not as if she hasn't had a difficult path. It's just my business is to be a professional tennis player. I'll leave it on the court and the rest they'll take away from me. You know, that's, 
separate. And so when you see players starting to fall apart that way, mm. what will happen next a lot of times if they're having difficulties is injuries. And that, I think, is going to be the telling tale of what's going to happen this season is whoever is the healthiest will have the best results. And do you think because, Serena? Do you think Serena can win another one? Because that's the question. At least about women's tennis that I get asked probably more than any other is, can Serena win one more? I always say, well, of course she can. I mean, she's great. She's Serena. Will she? Is another question. Well, her, I believe her best chance would be Australia mm, because, okay. um, in you know, when you look at the clay, it's harder for her. You know, other players have advantage moving on clay just because of the upbringing or their training or whatever their factors are. So if she's going to have an earlier chance, Australia is going to be it because everybody isn't going to be match perfect. Australia, regardless of, of what you're doing, training is not the same as match play. And supposedly, from my understanding, she's put in a lot of hard work in the off season. And I, I do think she has, she has the passion in her and the drive in her to get that one more title. But the other fact is she's still playing now because she's not satisfied. Mm -hmm. And when you're not satisfied with something and you're a champion, you're going to find a way to make something happen. Now, granted, she has to go through a long list of players who, you know, she can't, Serena doesn't overpower people all the time anymore like she used to. Yeah, it's, she, it's, and she used to intimidate. Like you said, she used to be up a set before you walked out of the locker room. Right, and so that factor has changed. But now there's an unknown factor. And if, if people can step up and understand, like, you know, Coco Goff, doesn't really seem to get phased by all the attention, but that was in her early, her mm. first year. Mm -hmm. This is a different year now, and players, you know, players are now seeing, okay, there might be a weakness on this side. Okay, if I can just stay long enough in this match, how about this? And, and what, what's going on with COVID is they're throwing another opponent at you. Mm -hmm. So players are having to defeat an opponent before they ever get on the court with someone else. And if they can handle that, then that's almost like a a confidence builder. It's like, you know, so what? So what? We have to go through all this. What's, I'm still a professional tennis player. And someone like a Medvedev, he, he seems to be casually going through things unfazed. And he, mm -hmm. even when the crowds in New York went crazy against him, it was like, okay, I can do this. So he, you know, he might be a dark horse to be able to handle um, some of these things because he's just happy when he's at home and, and having a meal on the table. You know, it's, it's a lot of what's going to happen this year with Grand Slams is going to be what kind of person can persevere because tensions start boiling after a certain point, and that's where the mental lapses come in and the injuries come in. Very interesting. So, I mean, Andrea, listen, if, if you ever get tired of saving the world with your little star foundation <laughs> and all the things you do, you come join me at ESPN. I mean, I just put you on and let's go. I mean, you're breaking it down like unbelievably. You haven't been around. I know you can't follow tennis, but uh, listen, uh, I appreciate you doing a little Australian Open preview. We did. A, <clears throat> we have a podcast coming out in season two of Holding Court with uh, your life story and, and, and starting in tennis and what you've done. So I appreciate you doing both with me and I look forward to um, checking in with you through the, throughout this uh, tennis season. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for all your reporting on tennis. This is a big game of tennis. Here we go. Another year. I love it. You got it. One more year. Andrea Yeager, everybody, on Holding Court. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media. Mudhouse Media.